0: Hello! Hello! Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. The Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of that much beloved television show. Seinfeld, and you're with your hosts, Stephen and my good mates.
1: Ivan, hello, yes. And that's right, Stephen, we're talking shit about Seinfeld, and especially the secondary characters of the show. So each week we get an episode, a random one, you know, it could be one that Stephen or I choose, or it could be someone that you choose if you get in touch with us. You know, we've always done listener requests, and uh, this week it is a listener request
0: yeah that's right we're doing a season two episode again last week we did one
1: yeah and back to week, back
0: back to back we're staying in season two and uh, we're going to talk about the pony
1: remark the pony uh, remark that's right
0: yeah an episode a lot of people feel uh, was the I guess the, the the time that Seinfeld first found its feet and and went into the to, to the classic format
1: that uh, it was known for. Exactly. And uh, the New York Times have actually said, like I was going to mention it a bit later on in the show, but the New York Times mentioned that the pony remark was a turning point for the show. And uh, Yeah. And uh, I consider this one to be the first classic Seinfeld episode.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with
1: that. Yeah, definitely. But and it, was, yeah. it had all the hallmarks of a, a classic episode. And uh, it really, like, I have to agree with the New York Times, it was really a turning point for the show. And, uh, yeah, and ever since then, we, we got a couple more classics in season two. And uh, then from there, virtually... Every season from then on had classics coming out of their uh, all their orifices.
0: <laughs> sure, noses, nose, yes, butts, penises, vaginas, all of them.
1: Anything, or if you have both, if you're if you're biologically that way, then that's fine.
0: <laughs> yep, that's, that's all good. As oh. long as Seinfeld's coming out of your orifices, that's the main thing.
1: Exactly. If you want to say hey to us, you can shoot us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Insta, or Twitter at bidwabask, b i d w b i d w I should say, B-A-S-C. But I don't want to yep. be a secondary character.
0: That's right. And uh, I've mentioned before that this is a listener request episode. So thank you to Karim, um, our super fan from Sydney, uh, for suggesting this episode. It was a good one.
1: Yeah, thank you, Corinne. Very good idea. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we get into some Seinfeld news? Sounds good. To start off this week's edition of Seinfeld News, uh, we're going to talk about high society in New York. So Jerry and his wife, Jessica, had uh, what was termed a summer soiree at their home in the Hamptons la da uh, Yes, la da That la-di-da. was just before he uh, jumped on a plane and came to Australia for his tour. Ah,
1: uh, right. So this was before the event. The events. Apparently.
0: But it was only reported uh, by some sort of New York publication uh, recently, in ah, the last week. I see. Um, the key piece of news I found, and this is totally irrelevant, but relevant nonetheless, uh, Brooke Shields was in attendance.
1: Oh, so right.
0: Pretty fancy, do I believe.
1: Yeah, very fancy. Uh, were there any other celebrities as far as you know?
0: Uh, they didn't say if there were, I'm sure there oh, were, yep. but I don't really care for celebrity music too <laughs> much, so... Yeah, you don't read the gossip
1: didn't, magazines, I thought you'd be the kind of guy who'd read that kind of stuff. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, not quite.
0: Not my thing. No, not your uh, bad. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of uh, Jerry's uh, stand-up tour that wrapped up, he toured Australia and New Zealand recently, as a lot of our listeners would know. he finished his Australian shows and then popped over to New Zealand to do a couple of shows. And I read a review of his uh, New Zealand performance in Auckland. Um, the review was really, really positive, uh, similar to his Australian reviews, actually. Great. So, yeah, uh, apparently Seinfeld, to his audience, acknowledged his delay in getting to New Zealand. Uh, it'd been 19 years, which is the same amount of time uh, from when he toured Australia last. So, uh, yeah, big demand and, um, yeah, awesome review.
1: And he delivered. And
0: he delivered. The review called him a master. Much like the Australian reviews. Much like the
1: Australian reviews. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the third bit of Seinfeld news, and this is probably my favourite this week. uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I should say. She played Elaine on the show, as most people would know. She sure did. She was... yeah, she was recently interviewed by James Corbyn, who's a British uh, late-night talk show host in America, mm-hmm. kind of like David Letterman or whatever. He does uh, carpool karaoke. Yeah, among other,
1: among other things. He's also done – Um, I forgot the name of the segment, but it's one where he gets like a whole cast of people that does a musical and they go to the intersection and when the light goes green for the pedestrians, they do like a number, and then when the light goes <laughs> red, they run off. I forgot the name of the segment, but it's really funny. They did one on yeah. The Lion King and The Beauty and the Beast. It was really good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, awesome. no, he's a really theatrical, fun guy. He's a, he's a really good singer as well. Yeah, he's seen, got a good voice. I've, yeah, I've seen him in interviews, and he's, he seems pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, so she was being interviewed by him on his show recently, and uh, she revealed that uh, when she was on the set of Veep, a show about her being the vice president and mm-hmm. the vice president. Yes. Yeah. Um, she was talking to someone on set who also did makeup for Hillary Clinton, and uh, because Hillary Clinton at one point was the first lady, and then the Secretary of State, um, and obviously a potential president last year.
1: Correct, um, Yeah, the,
0: the 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 friend who I'm assuming is maybe a makeup artist or something, mm-hmm. um, asked asked Hillary if she could write a note to to uh, to Julia because of her um, character on the show being a politician, and the note. Was written by by Hillary to Julia, and it said, "Oh, right, Ju- yeah, pretty interesting." Cool. Um, yeah, it said, "Dear Julia, I hope you get to job. I hope you get job reform and education reform, especially as Veet love Hillary." No, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, so that was that was a couple of years ago that happened. But last year, WikiLeaks uh, published about thirty thousand emails from Clinton's um, electoral campaign last year. Yes, and in one of those emails, which is so weird. Uh, one of the email exchanges revealed that Clinton had little to no idea of who uh, Julia was. Um,
1: really? She never the... watched Seinfeld. What's wrong no, with apparently
0: you? Apparently not. Yeah. Jeez. So, I, I would have voted Hillary if I if I uh, was part of, um, you know, if I if I could last year. But
1: if you were American, you know, just, yes. <laughs> <I was> American, <laughs> that's what you were trying yeah, to say.
0: Yeah, that's right. I don't know why they didn't come to me.
1: That's probably um, why she lost. Everyone probably thought maybe. she doesn't know who Elaine is. Let's just vote for the other guy or the other person. Yeah, exactly. that's, probably the other yeah, that's, right. that's probably what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. It
0: wasn't a vote for Trump, it was a vote against Hillary.
1: And that's why and that's why all these protests in America are happening. They're all saying Hillary didn't know Elaine in Seinfeld. Boo. Yeah. And they're all yeah. they're all on the street. That's what's happening. Yeah,
0: we shouldn't we shouldn't play down the uh, the uh, you know the the, the 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 air of racial tension in America, but no. I think this is I think this is what's causing it.
1: It probably is, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's one of the manys. Trump Trump uh, should talk about this.
1: Yes. And Hillary. Yes, but in all seriousness, please be safe and um, yeah, don't don't get hurt. <laughs> Whatever you do, yeah, if, if you're out there protesting, the, be careful, okay?
0: Yeah, that's a good point actually. If you are from America and you do listen, um, yeah, like Ivan said, stay safe, be well, and yep. um, use 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 your head.
1: Use your judgment, uh, and yeah, especially because we don't want to lose subscribers, so uh, we want no. we want you around. So and we love yeah. we love that you listen to us. So thank you. Yes, exactly.
0: So. <laughs> Yeah. So in this WikiLeaks dump, um, the, the the email exchange, I didn't actually read the email exchange. I'm sure I could have found it if I tried. Yes. But apparently, uh, Clinton said to one of her staff members um, that she was uh, that she got a message from this makeup artist who'd done her makeup before that she needed to pass in a note on to. Uh, she called her Jul- uh, Julie Dreyfus, not Julie.
1: Julie <laughs> <Lily laughs> Dreyfus. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, what she asked what she should say. So this staff member told her who she was and what show she was on. And then Hillary wrote that note that I said before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and, and Dreyfus wasn't too offended by this. You know, that's fine. She's pretty easygoing, I think. And she has the email exchange and the original note printed out and framed in her house, which I nice. think is pretty neat.
1: I'm surprised the FBI hadn't seized it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's we need that. That's part of yeah. her. That's part of the Clinton emails. We need that.
0: Yeah. Even though we've got a soft copy, we still need this hard copy for yes, some reason.
1: We do. It's a matter of national security.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Any and all copies need to be secured.
1: Yes, how oh, good.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so the last part of Seinfeld news. It's not. It's not recent news per se. But uh, I, I met last week. I mentioned I was in Germany, and I'm still in Germany as we're recording. Yes, and that's um, why.
1: You, that's why we're recording on Skype as well. Yeah. So, that's uh, right. Yeah.
0: That's right. And while I was here, I had a bit of spare time, so I thought, how popular or how well known is Seinfeld in Germany? Because I've never really, I've got some friends who are German and family and stuff, and no one's ever really talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very American, you know, culturally specific humor. Yes. Um, so I did a bit of digging, um, and I, I read a bunch of uh, stuff on Reddit and message boards from Germans and and expats living in Germany from America and other countries where Seinfeld was popular. And the and the consensus is that it wasn't at all, and it still isn't. Mostly because, uh, like I said, it's very culturally specific. Uh, the humour is very American, and you know a lot of it's about wordplay, and a lot of the jokes and whatnot get lost in translation. Yeah,
1: so obviously it's a bit, uh, it's a bit lost on the Germans.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's just different, sort of. You, you know, and there is a stereotype that Germans don't have a sense of humour, which I don't find to be true at all. But their sense of humour is very different. Generally, to American or Australian or English humour, which is a bit more self-deprecating and, and a bit more observational.
1: I mm. Think. Mm. Although yeah. we have uh, we have um, we've had a couple of listeners from Germany, surprisingly, as well. You know, even though the yeah. humour is a bit different, we have had listeners from Germany. Uh, quite a, a few, actually. So, uh, if you're if you're in Germany and you like to beat to differ, let us know. Send us an email or leave us a post or a tweet or something. You know, if you're probably yeah. thinking, "But I love Seinfeld. What are you talking about, people ask Let yeah. us know." It-
0: it's not to say that no one likes Seinfeld. No, in Germany, no. It wasn't popular, which is surprising because from what I've, I've seen on television and what I know about the country, um, you know, a lot of the media they consume, especially pop culture media and, and television shows, is American or English. So it's surprising that this didn't translate too well um, in the 90s. And I, I did a bit more research um, mm-hmm. and I came across this really interesting article um, it was written by someone who, uh, well, it was it was on The Verge, which is sort of like a cultural magazine publication thing. And in the 90s, when Seinfeld was being uh, syndicated to other countries, um, there was a, a German woman named Sabine Sebastian, whose job it was to translate nine seasons of Seinfeld. Oh,
1: uh, what from, a job. From
0: English to German. <laughs> and basically, write, write the scripts for the dubbing. Yeah, and I actually watched a bit of it on YouTube, and you know, because I can kind of speak German and I can understand it okay, I I picked up a lot of it, mm. and so much of it is lost. So much of the <laughs> subtle wordplay. Yeah, and the,
1: it's not the, the same. No. Yeah,
0: and it just you know it's just very monotone, and there's no sort of drama or dynamics in the voices, like especially Kramer, who's very you know loud and boisterous. And she actually mentioned that the trickiest thing, the trickiest episode she ever did. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but where um, Jerry's trying to remember the, his episode girlfriend's name, uh, as She's commonly referred.
1: Oh to. yeah, that's the uh, the is it the Virgin? It, no, no, is it's it not no? Another virgin. virgin? Isn't that no? Oh, no, that's the one where Terry. It's the boobs. You know, he's no, trying. No, he's no. trying to confirm it. Oh no no, no, no wait. No. no. I was thinking yeah. Terry Hatcher for some reason. No, that's not it. No, Mulva no, Dolores. No, her
0: name, yeah, her name's Dolores. Dolores. Yeah. Right. yeah. It, it remind it, it rhymes with the american pronunciation of clitoris which yes. is clitoris yes um but him and george are trying to figure out her name and Mulva is one of the names and that's sort of what she's referred to just generally even though that's not her name
1: yeah i i can't think of the episode um, because, oh the the junior mint yeah yes is that it i think it was the junior mint yes i'm pretty right. sure actually no I, I i don't know i don't think it was i don't yeah. know i'm anyway, trying i'm trying, I'm th- trying to, oh no it is it is yes it is cuz other yeah. names that she, he thinks of are uh, Aretha, Celeste, yep. and Hest, Bovary, Bovary, <laughs> Mulva, <laughs> Gipple, and L'Oreola. Uh, Loriola.
0: L'Oriola. Yeah. I think the only, I think the only real names in that list are Aretha and uh, Bovary.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, I yep. think I think uh, I think um Gipple's pretty good. It's like <laughs> Gippel? Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you if your name's Gippel or if you know someone who's Gippel Touch. And, and it's, speaking of, actually, we should probably mention our Seven Degrees of Separation campaign. If your name is Seven, or you know someone whose name is Seven, or if you know someone who knows someone whose name is Seven... Please get in touch. Uh, we're running a campaign called the Seven Degrees of Separation, where we want anyone who's named Seven or anyone who knows anyone named Seven to uh, to reach out to us and let us know.
1: And if your name's Soda as well, get in touch with us too. We're trying to find as many yeah. Sevens and Sodas. Look, ideally, we're going to run this for another month or so. But if if you know if we don't get enough, we'll keep it going. I reckon. Yeah. Audience participation. Yeah,
0: we should extend it out.
1: Yeah, definitely, for sure. For sure. So if your name's Seven or That's Soda, it. get in touch.
0: That's it. So sorry, just just back to the um the 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 the, uh, the translation of, of Seinfeld from English to German. Yes. So because no because the German word for clitoris and Dolores, uh, well Dolores is Dolores, but yes. because the German word clitoris, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't rhyme with Dolores. They had to pick other words, and after you know trying to figure out what would work, the uh, Sabine, the the woman who did all the translating, yeah. picks mushy,
1: yeah. <laughs> <word> <laughs> mushy. is A slang word. Bushy. is a
0: slang word for a, slang word. a woman. A woman's
1: vagina. Well, actually, I'm I'm on Google Translate now, and uh, it says in German it's actually clitoris, but with a K instead of a C. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the pronunciation
0: is different then.
1: Clitoris. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not sure. Maybe ask someone Um, over there. So how do you say clitoris? Just go up to a stranger. How do you say clitoris? (laughs) Especially (laughs) a lady, and I'll smack you on.
0: How do you say that? Yeah, that probably wouldn't be a good idea. No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, so Sabine picked mushy, which is a slang word for vagina. I think it's similar to pussy, yes. uh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> right. And, and a direct, uh, like a, a rhyming word is Ushi, which is a short, wo- a short version of Ursula, mm. um, sort of old, an older name. It's quite common in, in, uh, in old Germany. Sure. So, yeah, and a, a, apparently a lot of the subject matter as well and a lot of the jokes were, were difficult to even get by the television network who was airing uh, Seinfeld over here. Because, you know, they refer a lot to um, to, to Nazis. Like, there's a joke um, about, uh, well, the episode where George and Jerry are mistaken. Well, they pretend to be white
1: supremacists. The limo, Maybe yeah. In season three. The limo.
0: Yep. Um, there's a Schindler's List episode as well. Yeah, that's where, right, um, where
1: Jerry makes out with his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, so, you know, because a lot of those jokes um, and episodes refer to Nazis and white supremacy <laughs> and, and yep. concentration camps, which is obviously a very sensitive topic over here. Yes. Um yeah, a lot of a lot of that wasn't even allowed to be shown. Or and, it had to be completely yep. reworded or rescripted, so all of those references were removed.
1: And there's an um, episode literally called The Soup Nazi. So uh, I don't they, think that would work either.
0: Yeah, actually I watched a, a German dubbing of uh, basically just the, the soup Nazi scenes in that episode where they all go into the to the soup restaurant. Yep. And it's I think it's De Zupper Nazi, which is a uh, De Zupper Nazi, I think.
1: Okay, so they actually um, called him the Nazi in, in German.
0: Yeah, well, apparently mm. to get away with it, because, you know, it was mm. understandable, at least by the by the censors or by the network, that they weren't referring to him as a Nazi, No, a Nazi being used as a word to describe his character. Sure,
1: than, okay, rather than the, the Third Reich and, uh, you know, exactly. SS and all that, yeah. yeah, gotcha.
0: So, apparently, but that was still a bit tricky, they had to... Play around with the wording and the title and stuff
1: of course
0: to to make people in germany or to to make it easier for people in germany to understand that it wasn't literally referring to him as a nazi just as his character as nazi-like i guess yeah um yeah so really really cool you know bit of bit of time spent researching that i didn't realize how deep i dived
1: yeah very deep by the looks of it
0: yeah that that article was really really cool actually it talked a lot about you know the, the 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 trials and the. The, the mm. struggles of actually translating um, Seinfeld from, from English to Germany uh, to German without actually losing the jokes We're trying to find ways of, of manipulating the words so that it would have the same impact on German audiences. But it didn't work, apparently, because yeah. uh, it was never really popular. Um, when it was aired, and it hasn't been really rerun or anything since.
1: No, of course I, I could imagine. So there you go. So that's Seinfeld news. Seinfeld news, excellent. Thank you so much, Stephen. That's another week of Seinfeld news, or the segment, I should say. We'll be back next week with some more news for you. If you can't be bothered looking at the internet between now and then, so that'll be that'll be good.
0: We'll do the hard work for
1: you. Yes, we sure will. Let's have a quick break, and we're staying in Season 2 this week, but we're going to Episode 2, the first classic episode of Seinfeld, The Pony Remark. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character.
0: I know. I hated those kids. In fact, I hate anyone that ever had a pony when they were growing up. I had a pony. (laughs) Well, I didn't uh, really mean a pony per se.
1: Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters and the minor characters, I should say, of our favourite show, Seinfeld. And you're with us for the fourth episode of Season 2 of Bidwa Basque. My name's Ivan and my buddy Stephen is on the other line from Germany on Skype. He's on a little holiday and he'll be back soon and uh, yeah, we're getting it rolling with all the episodes.
0: That's it. And uh, yeah, hello from Germany.
1: Hello. G- guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. It's, it's the evening over here. It's about, we're recording on the Monday because we release episodes each Wednesday. So we're recording here in Melbourne. It's Monday night about nearly 8 p.m. What time is it over there?
0: Near uh, 12 p.m. We're eight hours behind. So oh,
1: almost lunchtime.
0: Yeah, it is de Morgan. De morgen. Uh, yeah. And then de Arben is in 13 minutes to be exact. Wunderbar. Yeah, wunderbar.
1: <laughs> wunderbar. Das ist gut.
0: Yeah, that is very good.
1: Very good. Good, yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. Sorry for insulting a whole nation, but that's how I roll. Yeah,
0: so, sorry for um yeah, terrible German Uh, language skills and accents.
1: Yes that was a terrible remark by myself and speaking of remarks we're talking about the pony remark this week season 2 episode 2 thank you good segue huh (laughs) (laughs) season 2 episode 2 of Seinfeld the first I would consider the first classic Seinfeld episode and we did mention that a bit earlier before Seinfeld news so we won't rattle on too much about that let's get into a quick episode synopsis before we talk about the secondary characters of this classic so here we go the pony remark Jerry's parents. Helen played by Liz Sheridan and Morty played by Barney Martin stay with Jerry for a distant cousin's 50th wedding anniversary Jerry's ecstatic that he won a softball game for his team and that they're in the final the following week calling it the single greatest moment of my life after much coercing by Helen Jerry takes Elaine to the dinner party and Elaine sits at the kiddies table so on a lower chair (laughs) compared to everyone else even (laughs) though it's really funny there's no kids there and she's sitting at the kiddies table
0: yeah that's true Really maybe weird. that's meant the smaller table.
1: Yeah, maybe. Poor, poor Elaine. Plus, she's a bit shorter than Jerry. I, I guess she could have handled it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you think they would have swapped, so there would have been the same height.
1: Well, Jerry offered. Jerry was saying, you sure you want to swap seats? And Elaine's like, no, it's fine. Okay, you know? yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's funny. So, during the dinner, Jerry makes a tactless comment about people who have ponies, which greatly offends the lady of the house, Mania, played by Romanian actress Rizika Halmos, uh, to the point where she leaves the table. In a subplot, Jerry and Kramer bet on whether Kramer will install levels, wooden levels, I should say, in his apartment, <laughs> to which Kramer later changes his mind about and, it, and he refuses to pay Jerry. Yeah,
0: I, I like uh I like his his reasoning to, to opt out of the bet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's like I, I I changed my mind. The bet's off. He Yeah,
0: and it's not like he's trying to weasel his way out of paying him money. He legitimately thinks that it's a reason yeah to to, to call off the bet.
1: Yeah, the whole thing's void because of his change of mind. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. You
1: mm, know. Yeah. And as soon as you make a
0: bet with someone, if you don't do it, regardless of how it wasn't done, you lose. Yeah. Those are the
1: rules. Yeah, and Jerry's really like he's really um, passive aggressive in this episode, you know, especially like him backtracking on the pony remark and trying to justify why he said it, and and also with Kramer, you know, he's he's trying to justify to Kramer why the bet actually took place. He's a bit bit narky in this episode.
0: Yeah, he is. I I mean, I agree with him on the bet the bet thing. Definitely, you know? yeah. Because Kramer's reasoning is completely and utterly flawed. Yeah. Uh you know, like Jerry said, it's not about whether. You know, it's about whether it will be done, and it wasn't done. And it's it, wasn't how done. it wasn't done.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and like Kramer weathering goes, weathering. And, yeah, and I love when Kramer goes, it could be done. And then Kramer, Jerry's like, of course it could be done. <laughs> Anything could be Anything done. Anything could be done. <laughs> yeah,
0: Just, it's, it's not about it's not about you know how it wasn't done. It's the fact that it wasn't done. It wasn't so you done. Lose.
1: I know you lose Kramer, so pay up, man. Christ. Yeah,
0: but you're right about him being a bit passive aggressive, uh, especially over Manya's death, because he when you listen to him talk, he's trying to it's almost like he's trying to push guilt up or or make guilt happen, but he doesn't have any because he always goes back on what he says. He apologizes. Yeah, and he tries to justify why he said it. Yeah, but then in the diner later in the episode, I think it's the last scene, uh, he's like, who would own a pony anyway? He sort of... It's not. It's not. He's not genuine in in his uh, in his apology
1: or guilt. Yeah, yeah. And I love. I love. If you notice, right at the end, uh, I think Julia uh, breaks out of character and she starts laughing. You know, like under yeah, under think, her hand. I reckon yeah, she right. broke character. That's probably like the twentieth take. You know. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. I watched, I watched, um, I watched outtakes. I won't be, I won't be too long about this, but I watched outtakes of season eight, and a lot of them are where you know Julia is trying to do lines, and then she laughs, and then they keep trying to do takes, and she just keeps laughing for like twenty minutes. She just like she won't okay. stop, and they've got to like stop everything for ten minutes to do the scene again. She just, wow. you know, she'll just like burst into laughter. So she, pro- that was probably like the thirtieth take. You know, and they said, oh, fine, that's the that's the least subtle laugh we could find. Let's just leave it in there.
0: Yeah, just the best of a bad batch, The
1: <laughs> best of, like, 20, 30 takes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next day, Uncle Leo, who's played by Len Lesser, informs Jerry that Manya has died. Jerry's upset about it, and he's also upset to learn that the her funeral is on the same day as the softball final. Jerry apologises to Manya's late husband, Isaac, at the funeral, and Isaac's played by David Fresco, who f- informs him that Manya forgot about the remark, and she was more upset. Said about the potato salad. When it starts to rain, Jerry's happy as the softball final will be moved to the next day. The following day (laughs) after the game, yeah, the blessed, huh? Um, The following day after the game, Jerry's bemused at the lousy game he had, admitting that it was the single worst moment of my life.
0: Yeah, yeah, quite a, um, quite a, a fall. From the best moment of his life to the worst.
1: To the worst. Life. I know, and also Sher- Sher- Sherry Besser, also the best and the worst, yeah. according to a couple of perspectives.
0: Is, is Sherry Besser mentioned in the in any other episodes?
1: I don't think so. No.
0: Okay. Yeah. I wonder who. I wonder who that is. I wonder why it was the best and maybe the worst moment of his life.
1: I don't know. It's just a yin and a yang, you know. Maybe she had some good qualities and some bad. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And maybe his perspective on that situation changed as his uh, experience did with softball.
1: Perhaps it was just yeah. I don't know something. There, there's some kind of uh, yeah, interpolation there. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah,
1: mm. and this episode, you know, Stephen, this episode marks the first appearance of Uncle Leo.
0: It does. It does.
1: Yeah. yeah. and the first mention of Cousin Jeffrey.
0: Yep. And the first mention of uh, classic Morty. Classic, uh, classic Morty. Where is
1: that? The, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the role of Morty was given to Barney Martin, and he replaced Phil Bruns, who appeared in uh, the Stakeout, which we've actually done an episode for uh, the yeah, Stakeout. Yes, right. Yes, and uh, Martin yeah, would retain the role for the rest of the series.
0: He was a bit more harsh. In the original Morty.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and 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 yeah. And and this and the newer rendition of Morty. Because we did do an episode about the Seinfeld parents as well, and we did talk about Barney Martin's rendition of Morty. And yeah, we, we I think we said that he was a bit a uh, bit more snarky and a little bit more clueless as well. You know, just a bit. You know, in his, off in his own world.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's. Uh... Yeah, d- definitely head in the clouds in a way. Yeah, he was he was it refers to you know moments of his past that were achievements like the the invention of the beltless trench coat and stuff like that. Yeah, that was his. Where, he
1: mentions this in the episode. Yeah, that was his biggest achievement, yeah, the greatest moment of his that life. That
0: was it, Yeah, that was his greatest moment in life. Yeah. yeah, the original the original Morty was a bit more practical and and loving and kind. Whereas Morty, he's not he's not unkind, but he's just a bit more I don't know abrasive. Yeah, maybe a word. I don't know, bit yeah. abrasive. Yeah.
1: And if if you wanna if you wanna listen uh, to us talking about Morty, so Barney Martin's rendition of Morty, go to season one, episode ten. And if you wanna listen to Phil Brun's version, you can go to season one, episode seven. Stakeout. Okay. So two different right. versions of Morty Seinfeld. You can hear both of them. So subscribe yeah, and good. have a listen.
0: Yeah, go do that. And yeah, leave us yeah. a review too,
1: if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. We, we'd love to hear from you. Other secondary characters include uh, Scott N. Stevens, who plays the intern, uh, who Morty tries to get a letter from to get a refund on his super saver airfare, and uh, Earl Bourne as the eulogist at Mania's funeral.
0: Yeah, who uh, is well known for being in the first three Terminator films. Is that right? Yeah. Earl Bourne. He, he played- I think he's a psychologist or a psychotherapist. Right. In the first two. He's a police psychotherapist. And then he is Sarah Connor's psychotherapist in Terminator Two. Oh uh, shit. It is. He is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he he's sort of patronizing about her he's patronizing her about her claims about, you know, time traveling cyborgs and, and whatnot. Oh, and then
1: uh he is too, yes.
0: And then he witnesses the, um, the T-1000 uh, sort of phase through the, 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 the jail cell. Um, yeah. And he, he's got a pen in his mouth and it just falls out of his mouth because he's, he's in complete shock.
1: Oh, that's and right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then in the third one, um, he is sort of a counsellor for, I think, post-traumatic stress disorder victims or something like
1: that. Yeah, right.
0: And he starts to recount his own crazy experiences. He, he goes, you know, it, sometimes it takes, you know, much therapy, years of therapy decades of therapy to try and explain things that are you know unexplainable yeah and then you can tell it he's trying to remember uh you know what he saw and what he's obviously told himself is didn't actually happen he's trying to trying
1: to forget he's denying it yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well should be um, we, i was going to say we we're going to talk about mania and isaac and a couple of others but you said you had notes about him the eulogist do you want to get straight into him then while we're talking mm-hmm. about him might as well something yeah, different but, we'll go yeah, from we'll go from like minor to uh to major
0: that's uh Reverse the
1: order. Wicked. Sounds good. So the eulogist, he was played um, by Earl Bond. That's his name. Veteran character actor. Uh, he's been in, like Stephen said, the first three Terminator films. He's also been in Naked Gun 33 and 3rd, The Final Insult.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. film.
1: Yeah. Good, good movie. I love Naked Gun. Good, good series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yep. Um, he's also well known for doing a lot of voiceover work as well.
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I think I've got a few credits. He's, he's voiced a couple of video game characters, and I think he's been in... I was just going to try to get his list. Yeah, World of Warcraft series. He's in a few few games of that. He's been in Meta Gear Solid 2, EverQuest 2. Oh, geez, quite a few uh, quite a few voices, actually. Yeah, also um, Clifford's really big movie back in 2004. I'm just going through his IMDb. Yeah. I yeah.
0: noticed, I noticed in his, his credit list that he did a lot of work for television in the 70s and 80s. A lot of really well-known sitcoms and comedies. So, uh, Well, not sitcoms, but comedies instead of series. Like MASH, he was yeah. a big character yeah. Um, Dukes of Hazard, Hawaii Five-O, and uh, yeah, a whole bunch of others.
1: Quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: But he kind of quieted down after about 2004, 2005. Is I don't think he's actually in anything at all. No, yeah, at well, he's he's not, not, nothing on not screen
1: clean. anyway. I, I can see a lot of his things after about 2005 are a lot of voice acting, not not yep. necessarily live action things. So he's mm-hmm. been he's been behind the mic for uh, for yeah. a number of years.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong. No, I love doing it.
0: <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you
1: do too. Same yeah yep. for sure That's why we're doing it. indeed so the eulogist so he seems like a very charismatic man and uh obviously he you know tends to the feelings of the family you know for the funeral obviously um, my guess is if the funeral you know if they want to have them to talk about something the eulogist is more than happy to uh to discuss it and i think he's a professional eulogist you know he's not a a, a you know a relative of Manya. i just think he's um you know he's probably paid just to read eulogies
0: yeah i would i would agree with that he uh he's very good at it and uh I think you know that works in his favour. In that he's very professional, and you know, if you're if you're having a eulogy written or if you're wanting to have a eulogy read by someone, you would know that it's in good hands. But it also sounds really impersonal as well. You know, unless unless it was written by someone else, Yeah. it didn't come across very genuine. It sounded like he was reading something that someone else had written. It wasn't yeah. from his heart. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's that's fine. He's a professional eulogist.
1: Yeah, um, obviously, good you know, a good public speaker.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was, I, was, uh, I was trying to figure out why he made so many pony references in his eulogy, um, you know, other, other than for comedic value. You know, if that were real, you know, is that deliberate? Is he trying to subtly, uh, you know, have a go at Jerry and Elaine for potentially killing Manya? we 'll talk about soon
1: which we'll talk about um, soon I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm a bit conflicted about that I, I just think that uh, we'll, we'll mention Marnia in a tick but I, I think she had such an adoration for the pony that the eulogist you know the family said please mention the uh, the pony I just think it's a huge huge coincidence I, I don't think they were trying to get back at Jerry okay yeah but um, do you think
0: do you think if Jerry hadn't have brought it up the day before? Well, not the day before of the funeral, but you know, a few days before, uh, before she died, yeah. that they would have brought it up. Do you think it sort of rehashed a lot of memories for her and the well. family as well?
1: It depends how much the pony meant to her, I guess. But like I said, I don't well, want to say too much because we're not talking about Munya now. But uh, I, hmm. I, d- I guess it depends. It depends if if she had a huge adoration for ponies, and uh, well, she did mention a lot of people in Poland had ponies so, back in yeah, back true. in the old country. So uh, <laughs> who knows? Well, when we speak about her in a few minutes, we'll uh, we'll, we'll dive, dissect it some more.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's all I really had. To- eulogist. Most of, most of the stuff I had was about
1: Terminator. Yeah, about you yeah, and, and <laughs> Earl Bourne, yeah. Now, I figured because we were talking about him, we might as well just, just go straight to him, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that made sense yeah. for sure.
1: So, a professional so, um, public speaker, eulogist, and uh, not related to the family, and he reads out eulogies for payment. Yeah,
0: and I think even though he might not be related to the family, I think he'd be a close friend or someone who's part of that community.
1: Oh, you uh, think so? And, okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. He seemed, he seemed very comfortable, and he seemed very well-liked in that community. So, I think I think maybe he would be reading out a lot of eulogies for that maybe that Polish community or you know that neighbor New York or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, that seems pretty good.
0: Yeah, so I think we should talk next about Jeffrey,
1: who. Oh, Jeffrey, cousin Jeffrey. Okay, we're not going to do a a special episode for him and and Leo. Okay. Yeah. All right, cousin Jeffrey. Sounds good. Jeffrey's
0: only mentioned a couple of episodes. He's never seen.
1: Yeah, the unseen character.
0: yeah, that's right. I don't think he he deserves his own What's the Deal with
1: episode. No, no. He works for the Parks no. Department.
0: He does. Hey, Jerry. He mm-hmm. works for the Parks Department. He knows the whole history of the park. He knows
1: the whole history of the park. You know, it's really yeah. sad. I was really sad that in this episode Uncle Leo doesn't go, Hello.
0: Yeah, no, that took a couple of episodes for, uh, to to become a bit of a catchphrase. Yeah. It did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he it wouldn't have made sense if he if he did it in this episode because there's no scene where he walks up to Jerry and you know to say hello. Right?
1: No, no. Every they, time every right. time
0: it cuts to a scene, they would have already introduced themselves.
1: Exactly, exactly. But I, yeah. I just loved how it worked out in later episodes.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so Jeffrey is Leo and Stella's uh, unseen. But still, credited son, and obviously Jerry's um, unseen cousin. Uh, like we mentioned, he works for the Parks Department, which is basically just the the National Parks Department. I think there's state-run organizations in the states.
1: It sounds like it. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, I think like Jerry kind of sarcastically claims that Leo, uh, you know, makes out like he split the atom or something. Yeah, that's what time. he says. All yeah. He, all he is is just an employee at the Parks Department, <laughs> and I think I think what he's doing there is having a dig at Leo not so much at Ge- uh, at Jeffrey I don't think Jeffrey is as proud or cares as much about him working at the parks department as Leo does yeah I think Leo embellishes or at least exaggerates a lot of what he does or uh, you know could do at, at the job I think for Jeffrey it might just be a pretty regular job um, yeah. he likes I think he would like it but I don't think it would be this massive point of pride like no this for Leo. I... Leo brags about it every opportunity he can
1: he does yeah I, I think I think Jeffrey just does it just for just for a crust. I don't think yeah. you know it's well, like it's like it's like if if I if I had a son who worked you know, who worked in a call centre or something, you know, and he's like, yeah. he's the uh, he's the senior for the call centre. He, he helps organise the staff, you know. Like, uh, you know, you make out the job yeah. to be, no disrespect to call centre staff, I know a lot of people who work in call centres, but, you know, yeah. it, 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 they kind of, like, make the, you're right, like, embellish the job, make it out to be, like, this grandoise kind of thing, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think you would hate the job. No, it's too specific. It's too specific to just be an unskilled job that you're doing just to pay the rent. Yes, but yeah, I don't think he he has as much pride in it as Leo does. As Leo does, no. Yeah, no. maybe maybe he has a lot of pride in it because I'm guessing that to work in the Parks Department maybe you know as a as because he's sort of a tour operator i'm getting that's what i'm guessing because he he organizes the uh the edible foliage tour yes um maybe maybe he went to university and studied conservation or or you know nature biology or something like
1: that That sort of thing yes maybe
0: yeah maybe because you know because jerry's uh like leo and stella and helen and morty they sort of you know they were first generation uh americans i believe
1: yeah hard workers um, they yeah, worked m- they m- worked m- in the factories oh. and the, the you know, the raincoat yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> beltless yeah, beltless trench coat. It,
0: that's it. The executive.
1: The executive, and, that's um, it.
0: Yeah, I I I think maybe Leo was the first uh Seinfeld to go to to maybe to go to college. Yeah. Um and maybe that maybe that's where some of his pride comes from as well.
1: Hmm. Or maybe Leo didn't go to college, and the no, like no, Jeffrey went to Jeffrey. college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah Jeffrey. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I think because Leo didn't go to college, he wants to kind of you know brag that his son did it. You know, because he didn't yeah, do it. Yeah,
0: that's right. Is that what I said? That's what
1: no, I meant. I, I, so I thought I thought you I thought you said that Leo went to college. I must have misunderstood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I meant I meant Leo is proud of the fact that Jeffrey went to college, and he may have been the first Seinfeld to do that.
1: To do that, yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it. Um,
0: yeah. So I, but I do remember now. Actually, it's coming back to me. There is an episode where Jeffrey is mentioned. I can't remember what episode it is, but apparently, I can't even remember who mentions it or how it comes up. But apparently, he his Friday nights. Every single Friday night, he doesn't go out or anything because mm. he stays home and watches the Nature Channel. Yeah, which would me says that he he does take his job very seriously. So he maybe must. He he ex- does anything to improve.
1: He does anything to improve on his uh, improve yeah, on his job on his, to, his, to improve on his career.
0: Yeah, on his knowledge or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but I still think that Leo is more proud than than uh than Jeffrey is.
1: There you go. I wasn't expecting cousin yeah. Jeffrey. I had no notes on him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's not. He's technically not a character because, but because he's mentioned two or three times, and because it's so critical. To a lot of the annoying conversations between Jerry and Leo, I thought it was worth mentioning him Yeah. because he's mentioned good. more, you know, in more than one episode as well. And you know, you know a bit about him because Leo talks about him so much. So I think I thought he was worthwhile.
1: Absolutely, I yeah. Mean, we've,
0: we've we've talked about characters who make physical appearances. But have less relevance to an episode, so I figured an unseen character with more information is worthwhile.
1: Yeah, because Jeffrey, in another episode, I forgot which one it was. He actually is the subplot. You know, he he makes up the subplot of the episode. Like Jerry is seeing a lady, and then they break up, and then he suspects that Jeffrey's seeing her, and it turns out she's not. Okay, I forgot which episode, but it's got the the wife from Breaking Bad. You know, um, Brian Cranston. You know, in Breaking Bad, it's her. It's it's um it's 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 uh mrs white okay yeah she I she plays yeah i forgot which episode it was but yeah, jeffrey plays like as part of a subplot you don't see him but jerry suspects that he's she's having an affair with jeffrey oh okay yeah it's like an, and but it, he's always unseen it, it's funny yeah.
0: yeah we'll get to we'll get to that episode eventually no oh, doubt.
1: we will yeah i forgot the name <laughs> so yeah cool yeah, so that's uh, Cousin Jeffrey, and we spoke, well, we were talking about the actor who played the eulogist, Elborn and uh, we thought, fuck it, let's talk about him. So we did.
0: <laughs> Why not? Why not? But I think before we go to another break and talk about the major secondary characters, I think we should touch on the intern just a tiny bit. Yeah, sounds um, good.
1: Yeah, he's played by Scott N. Stevens. Didn't get much information about him.
0: No, just that he's, uh, he's, uh, he's graduated medical school. Yeah. He's obviously uh, an intern, I'm guessing, at a hospital, but that's that to uh to morty that's still good enough for him to write a note so he can get a discount yeah. uh on, on his flights
1: <laughs> on his flights which doesn't work because he's not a qualified doctor
0: he can't <laughs> not at do all. it i like i like how he goes but morty i can get in trouble oh for god's sake yeah, <laughs> yeah so that that would tell me that he, he takes his job very seriously you know especially being a, a recent graduate of medical school yeah um you know in his sort of like professional, quote-unquote professional role um, as a as a medical practitioner, he would still be very, uh, you know, by the book. You yeah. know? Maybe maybe if he'd been a doctor for 20 years and he'd sort of be, become a bit more cynical or cared less about it, maybe he would have written a note and yeah. done a bit of a dodgy. But just, because, no. Yeah, he was still very idealistic and pure and... We wanted to do the right thing
1: he wasn't um, corrupted yet
0: yeah exactly right that's <laughs> that's the best way to put it he wasn't corrupted yeah.
1: yet plus, but, uh, yeah, plus like you said you know if, if you start your career you know you don't want to you don't want to go be dodgy and you know because then it might, it might ruin him you know if, if someone finds no, out an intern wrote a node and your name's on it you're, you're, you're screwed man he goes, yeah, your career. You Goodbye.
0: That's it. You don't want to lose your license before you even get it.
1: Exactly. That that'd be such a Costanza <laughs> thing to do. Only Costanza, <laughs> yeah. someone like Costanza would do that
0: for sure. Yeah. And if that did happen, if he if he did write the note, and if he did get caught, I don't think Morty would be the sort of person. I don't. He's not. He's not a jerk like some of the other characters. But I don't think he would accept responsibility for uh, for for being the reason that that's happened.
1: No, no. You know, I th- Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's all, that's all I had on him, um, but I thought he was worth, worth mentioning because it's a pretty funny little
1: scene. Absolutely, because we do mention the major secondary characters and the minors too in each episode, so uh, they're all worth talking about.
0: Yeah, so why don't we take a bit of a break, and then when we come back we'll talk about Manya and her husband, Isaac, two mm. major secondary characters of the episode.
1: Love it. Sounds good. We're at Season 2, Episode 2 of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. I'm talking about the Pony remark. This is actually the fourth episode of Season 2 for Bidwob Asks. So stay with us and we'll be back for some more character analysis. What time is your game? 2.45. And what time is the funeral? 2 o'clock. How long does a funeral take? Depends on how nice the person was. (laughs) But you got to figure, even Oswald took 45 minutes. (laughs) So you can't do both.
0: You know, if the situation were reversed... And Manya had some Mahjong championship or something. I wouldn't expect her to go to my funeral. I would understand. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much-loved show. And uh, you're with your host, Stephen and Ivan. Hello, uh, hello, hello. S- hello, Ivan. Hello, so Stephen. Hello.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> so far, we've talked about uh, three of the lesser secondary characters of the episode. Uh, um, the intern, the eulogist and Jeffrey, who is Leo and Stella's uh, unseen but credited son. Um, And before that, we went through a bit of Seinfeld news and a synopsis for the episode, and uh, we're about to get into the two major secondary characters of the episode, the first being Isaac, who is uh, Money's husband.
1: Yes, he's played by David Fresco. Uh, He was an actor known for Liar Liar, A Little Princess, and Mouse Hunt, and uh, he died in 1997
0: in uh, L.A. Yeah, he was born in 1909, so he had a pretty good run.
1: Very good run. He was 87 when he passed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's been yeah, in a lot of T V shows and a lot of bit parts, you know, from he has been in movies since the forties.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I don't yeah. think he's ever been a major A lister. No. Definitely just a good solid character actor.
1: Yeah. I do remember him in Liar Liar. Like I did read what he was and I thought, Oh, the conference room attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah.
0: So, oh, is that where is that where uh, the, the the other attorney figures out that, that uh he can't lie? and he takes him into the conference room. She yeah, takes him into that's the it. That's room.
1: it. Yeah, that's him, yeah. That's, and he insults um, that's, everyone. Yeah, that's David <laughs> Fresco. Yeah, he, he's, he's in the conference yeah. room, yeah. Yeah, he, that's him. He
0: th- thinks that it'll get him fired or get him yeah. uh, get in trouble. But, but they all love him. They all laugh about. him. Yeah. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, yeah that's him. That's yeah, David Fresco. Oh, he's one of them, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
0: can remember his How cool is that? That's hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah, good. That, yeah, that's a good film, actually.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't mind it. I, I watched it probably uh, a couple of months ago. It's funny,
0: yeah. yeah. Underrated,
1: very sure. underrated, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Isaac, the character that he plays in the episode, um, I found him to be quite gentle, and, yes, uh, kind.
1: yeah, I guess he's a very kind man. Definitely, like from the working generation, you know, he would have served in, uh, you know, World War, World War Two as an American veteran, and uh, yeah. I think I think like we we're gonna mention her his wife Manya, but I think him and Manya met in the United States when she immigrated.
0: That's exactly what I thought. because yeah. when he talks, doesn't have uh, any. sort he sounds American.
1: Yeah, he's got like the he's got like the New York accent.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I think maybe he has Polish in him, mm. uh, but he was definitely born and raised in America. Yeah, because I thought
1: yeah, because yeah, I thought he was Polish. Like, you know, I watched this episode twice last week, and I've, been, I've watched this episode so many times, and I always thought, you know, in my mind, I always thought he was Polish as well. You know, like. I never really noted the accent too much, but since watching it again for, for this review, I thought, yeah, shit, he's actually American.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was surprised. And Isaac is not... I looked into the heritage of his name, and Isaac is not a common Polish name, especially from that generation. No. It might be a bit more common now because, you know, I think countries um, are a bit more open to names from other other cultures and countries, but... Uh yeah, Isaac is not a traditional Polish name at all.
1: No, it's actually so, a Hebrew name. It's from the uh, book yeah, of Genesis in the Bible.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um yeah, but I found him to be really kind-hearted and gentle and very loving. Like when, you know, when Manya's upset over uh, over Jerry's comments yeah. and she she leaves the dinner table, he sort of just he tries to to placate everyone and make he sure just, everyone's okay. And,
1: you know, yeah.
0: you continue with your desserts and yeah, and, um,
1: and your coffee.
0: Yeah, and your coffee and Manya's had a big day. She's very upset. Yeah, she's very she's, upset. Yeah, he obviously goes off to, to comfort her and make sure that he's uh, that she's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and even even at the uh, at the at the at the funeral, when um when when Elaine is trying to hit him up not so subtly about the apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, he, he, he puts up with her, um, and he's still very. He doesn't just sort of tell her to, to piss off or no. ignore her. He sort of, uh, he lets it down easy by pretending to to ignore it. Because one thing I did... sorry, not pretending to ignore it, pretending not to be able to hear it.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I I, I thought of Stephen in relation to that. You know, one thing I noticed was I think he has selective hearing. Because when Jerry goes up to him and, you know, apologises for the remark, um, you know, Isaac just says, oh, no, she forgot all about that. She was upset about the potato salad. And then when Elaine tries to mention the apartment and, and, you know, speaks as if he's deaf, you know, really loud... He just goes off on his tangent about moving to Phoenix. You know, doesn't even acknowledge what she said.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think he's he's uh, he's ignoring her for sure. Yeah, he's pretending on his own, you know, in his own little world.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he obviously has time for some, but not for others.
0: Yeah. When I initially watched the episode for the purpose of this this podcast, not even in the past because I can't remember the last time I saw it prior to this, hmm. I thought I thought that maybe he was just very insular in that moment because. You know, his wife had just died Oh, uh, maybe Yeah, but when I... Well, that's what I initially thought That's just how I interpreted the scene But when you when you watch it again If you look into his ears He's got hearing aids Yeah So he obviously has some sort of hearing, impair, hearing impairment
1: Yeah, yeah, you're yeah.
0: Right. I, think, I think his hearing generally is okay Especially when people are that close talking to him
1: Yeah, exactly but,
0: because because he just doesn't want to indulge Elaine about the apartment. He just yeah. pretends that he can't hear her or that he's just not even paying attention.
1: And I love how Jeffrey screws her over too. You know, he goes, <laughs> Oh, no, Jeffrey has the apartment. And he's yeah, like, Oh, yeah. Jeffrey, yes, I know. He works from the parks department. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. But I, I really liked Isaac. I
1: found him to be a, a just a nice, just a nice bloke. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, no, nice bloke. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. He's seen a lot, you know. He, I'm guessing he was he served in the war. And like I did mention, I think he, when Munya immigrated to the U.S., she, uh, he met her. And then they fell in sure. love and got married and had children, I presume, and, uh, and carried on with life.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing at least one or more of their children were probably at the dinner table because they didn't really say who the other dinner guests were. No, no. But, but some of them looked like they could be in their 40s or 50s and maybe their children.
1: Who do you think, you know, we were talking about the intern before. What relation do you think he was to them? Grandson, maybe? Uh,
0: yeah. Grandson? Looked, yeah, well, I mean... Americans would finish high school when they're seventeen, eighteen, and yeah, no medicals seven years, yeah, yeah, so I reckon he would have been mid maybe twenty five twenty six yeah so like a br- that age
1: grandson yeah, would yeah you say definitely. yeah maybe yeah 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 and 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 Morley still has the nerve to bust his chops for getting a note, even though his grandmother died, yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. yeah. Yeah, at, uh, at, at, at the, the funeral transfer. it's like come at on man yeah give me a not break
0: if, not even at the wait
1: no that's it <laughs> you couldn't You're even wait like office. a week Service. yeah i know yeah. terrible
0: <laughs> i love i know we talked about morty in episode 10 of season one what's the deal with the seinfeld parents but uh i just love how sort of how fanatical he is about not paying full fare about the flight you yeah know, he considers he even considers taking a um a military flight. Military flight, yeah, <laughs> from New York to Florida because they still they still might have a base in Sarasota. Yeah, and exactly. Then when he's when he's going through like the ways that he could get home cheaply in Jerry's apartment, yeah. you know, he's like, I still think they have a base in Sarasota. And then when he's talk when he's talking to the intern, yeah, he um he he actually says, you know, I wouldn't be asking you this if the if the military had a base in Sarasota. So between jerry's apartment and the funeral he yeah. obviously called or did some research to
1: find out. to find out if there's a lot of bass in sarasota and, <laughs> yeah. and, and i love i love before the funeral before it cuts to that scene he goes oh this funeral is going to cost me yeah it's going to cost yeah, me a lot he
0: does, does like an eye roll like a, Ugh.
1: <laughs> you're not going to the funeral in a sports jacket <laughs> i have to buy another sports jacket <laughs>
0: that doesn't like my taste in fashion yeah
1: <laughs> so good yeah so good yeah, i
0: think I- yeah, even though we talked about Morty again in his own episode, um, this being his first appearance, I still I think he comes in with all guns blazing. Yeah, it's well, the of first these... appearance the first what appearance
1: is... uh, from Barney Martin as Morty. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Sorry, I should say classic Morty. Classic Morty, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely you know, it comes in all guns blazing and just gets better and better.
1: Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. So, so that's Isaac, yeah. So obviously, like I said before, served in the war and, and met Mania and uh, lived the, the normal, I guess, the American, The Amer- I guess you said say the American life for the 40s, the 50s and beyond.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just that sort of working class um, American life. I guess you would say the American dream in a way.
1: The American dream, yeah. White picket fence, that's, the job, the mortgage, yeah, all that. Well, the yeah. kids, that's yeah. it.
0: And, um, yeah, yeah. So we should probably talk about Mania who's yes. definitely the main character of the episode. The lady and, of the uh,
1: hour, yes, definitely.
0: Yeah, so she is Isaac's late wife in the second half of the episode she dies. Yes. Um her her I guess her her classic line um, and probably the line of the episode is uh, when she says, "I had a pony."
1: I had the pony, yeah. And then I love when Jerry <laughs> Jerry says, "Oh no, I, I I didn't mean, you know, I hated people with ponies." And and I love when Jerry goes, "Who would hate someone who had a pony?" And then I love her line. My my favorite line of hers is she goes, "You, you said so." You, yeah, you said. <laughs> yeah, you said, so. you said so. Like she just she just like holds the grudge towards him.
0: Yeah, she's not she's not taking any of uh, Jerry's. Uh, you know, Jerry Jerry Shier. Shier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Before we do, do get into her, I just want to say that she was played by uh the, the late Romanian actress Razika Halmos. Uh she has doesn't yeah. have too many credits to her name, not not too many um she was in Hello Dolly in nineteen sixty nine. She played uh she was uncredited as the pretzel woman. That, I guess that's her probably her biggest role. Um yeah. but yeah, nothing nothing really else.
0: I actually watched, uh, I, I found it hard to find any, uh, any, any uh, footage of her, mm-hmm. but I did find her playing a minor role in a character, uh, sorry, in a show from the, I think from the 50s or the 60s. It was called Goma Pal, USMC. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. She played so Mama, Mama Zabo. Pal, yes, that's yes. it. And yeah. um, USMC is United States Marine Corps. Yeah. Um, so Goma Pyle in the episode is seeing uh, a young woman, and uh, that actress is uh sorry that that actress's mother is actually played by rizika yeah yeah she she came it was a good little scene
1: a good little scene. i have to to go on youtube and find it
0: yeah i think if you just type in her name um it comes up but there's not much out there i tried to find some but that's really the only substantial thing i could find yeah yeah, her credits aren't huge so maybe maybe she was just a part-time actress or something who knows
1: oh who knows and and like david fresco she passed away in 1999 uh aged 87.
0: Yeah, so another good run.
1: Yeah, another good run. Also in L.A., California. There you go. She passed away.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yep, Definitely. Um. So yeah, I th- I think I think Manya is wonderful. I love her.
1: Yeah, Muniere great.
0: Just old school Polish, no yep. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Doesn't want to, you know, doesn't fuck around. She's good. You know, she's exactly. seen all the shit in Poland, and she's like, oh, I've, yeah. I've seen worse.
0: Yeah, I think I think she was definitely a survivor. So I, yeah, I, I think we mentioned off air that we both did a bit of research into Polish immigration into America. Yes, that's what right. What I found with Waves. There was a wave in the the first wave was in the uh, 1800s at some point. Yes, that's right. The second wave was after World War II, and you know a lot of a lot of Polish people because their country was decimated by the Nazis. Um, you know, a lot of Polish people came to America and Australia and Canada and sort of you know Western countries, I guess. Yes and then the third wave was in the 80s which wasn't as
1: big. No so, but but they but fled they fled communism. That's why they that's why they fled Poland because of the communist regime at the time. It wasn't 70s it wasn't and 80s. 80s. Oh I see right. I think yeah. after World War II. No no no, after after World War II I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what I meant.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, so obviously she was part of the second wave, the biggest wave of Polish immigration that's after right. the war. That's right. Yes. And I think I think her and her family would have at least seen some sort of you know some of the effects of what the the Third Reich had on had on Poland and a lot of Europe. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some uh, of her of her ancestors and relatives were unfortunately shipped off to concentration camps. Mm. So Poland was the country that Germany invaded first.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah,
0: and I mean, you know, it was pretty pretty. It was just devastated by by the Nazis. So yeah, yeah, definitely a World War II survivor.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: and I think I think that would have made her a bit more. Um, like, her outlook on life may be a bit more sullen.
1: Yeah, of course. Oh, bit... Especially with what she saw.
0: Yeah, definitely. And probably a lot of her family were killed or at least stuck in poland if they weren't after the war yeah. so she would have been separated from her family as well as her
1: ponies hmm. and in reference to the second wave of of uh, polish people entering the united states uh it turns out that according to my research they actually uh, this wave unlike the first wave they assimilated quickly into american society and they learned english very quick and uh, they actually moved into the american middle class with less discrimination faced by the first wave so uh, okay. they, actually, they actually moved in and, and, they, and they assimilated quite quite easily
0: yeah Okay.
1: Which which would explain why you know Mania could speak English and you know she has an American husband. You know she's she wasn't you know stuck. She wasn't stuck with with like the Polish people. You know, shouldn't marry a Pol, Polish person and you know speak Polish and nothing more. You know she she assimilated into the uh, the American life, the American ethos.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, but saying that, I still think she would have kept a lot of her Polish heritage yeah, definitely. close to her. I still think she would have spoken Polish with her family. Maybe with her husband if he if he uh, took the time to learn. Yeah. And I, I noticed a lot of the food. I couldn't make out a lot of the food that they were eating, but I, I would imagine that a lot of it is maybe traditional Polish recipes that were taught to her by her, maybe her mother or, or grandmother or something.
1: Well, let's back go with that. Pol- let's go with back in Poland. Yeah. Let's okay. go with that. Let, let's say that there was some Polish food on the table. That's, that's sure. a, good, and, a good idea.
0: And, yeah. And I mean, Elaine Al- mentions uh, the, the peas being good. Um, so I, I looked into Polish dishes with peas. I couldn't find much, but there was one that apparently is popular. It's an older dish in Poland, and I, I believe, well, we'll just assume that this is what it is. It's called kapusta i grosh. Okay, if yeah. I'm pronouncing that. Um, my Polish is terrible. Um, <laughs> or it doesn't exist. So, to, uh, if you have any Polish listeners or listeners who speak Polish, sorry if that was incorrect. Yes. Um, that, that translates to sauerkraut. Yes. So I, I'm guessing it's just sauerkraut with peas mixed through it.
1: Yes. And, you know, one amazing thing that I just looked up, I literally just Googled Poland and ponies. There's actually a breed of pony in Poland called the Konik, K-O-N-I-K, or the Polish Primitive Horse. It's a small semi-feral horse originating in Poland.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to say, I think think we should say that that is uh, a descendant or, you know, maybe even the type of pony that that Manya had back in Poland.
1: Yeah, possibly. Possibly. And apparently yeah. um, during World War I, they were important transport animals for Russian and German troops. Oh, there you go. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, apparently, yeah, they, they were used quite a bit in World War II as well. So yeah, cornics, K-O-N-I-K. So I guess maybe Manya had one of those, you okay. know, a, yeah. pol- a Polish yeah. horse.
0: Yeah, there's a probability. Yeah, at it,
1: least it's insane. I literally just went Poland ponies. I thought, look, I'll, I'll come up with something and and screw me dead. I, there's actually a breed of Polish pony. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's well, probably and they're I'm pretty gonna... small actually. They're actually smaller than a standard pony. Huh? Yeah, they're really guess... weird. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you an image. It's really. Um. Yeah. I'll send you. I'll send you the uh, the article.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think you know. Now that you say that, it seems like maybe this episode is based on some sort of real story or. Like a relative of one of the riders or something maybe mm. a polish relative who did um uh you know did love ponies or did have a pony back in the old country maybe uh, and
1: everyone and everyone had a cornic every girl yeah. it was, it was a whole country full of ponies
0: sister had a cornic my cousin had
1: a conic. i she,
0: loved him i loved him so
1: and she loved <laughs> she loved that cornic the pride <laughs> I, love, I love when he goes the pride of krakow <laughs> that was probably that's the like name Poland. of her that was probably the name of her conic the pride of Poland Maybe. the pride of Krakow yeah, mm. that's... <laughs> yeah so... so I
0: I also wanted to mention as well um, I'm not sure if this came up in your research but when a lot of the Poles came over after the Second World War they uh, a lot of them settled into a neighbourhood of New York it's part of Brooklyn yeah um, it's uh, next to Williamsburg which is quite a well-known part uh, of, of Brooklyn um, it's called Greenpoint and it, it, not so much anymore a lot of it's sort of gentrified and there's a lot more um of a, a of a different uh there's a lot of different um uh what's it, like ethnic groups <clears throat> yeah um it, back in the day back in the 50s and 60s it was actually called little poland um oh, there you go. and i Yeah, I actually watched a couple of YouTube videos about Greenpoint, just like mini documentaries. And uh, a lot of them were just older Polish people talking to the camera about the loss of their Polish identity because of Greenpoint being gentrified by, uh, you know, by just sort of white middle class people in America. Holy shit. um, In New York and, you know, how they missed because they came from Poland and because they were in a neighborhood full of Polish people and food and traditions. It was like a, you know, it was a miniature version of their country, and they, they, you know, they valued that because they lost a lot and they couldn't go back.
1: And suddenly, the um, area was gentrified, and they kind of lost their identity. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't suddenly. It was. It, it happened very slowly over years, and uh, sort of into the 80s and even into the 90s. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it was a loss. It was a loss of their, you know, their neighbourhood and their culture. Um, you know, and a lot of them talked about it in a really sad way, which, yeah, which very was, sad. yeah, because um, it meant a lot to them especially it was sort of like a you know it was a it was a home away from home because they they lost so much and they couldn't go back and then they kind of slowly lost the second home as well
1: yeah that's very sad yeah
0: yeah definitely Mm. um yeah but apparently there is still quite a large amount of polish people in greenpoint it's just a bit more you know i guess you could say gentrified yeah, gentrified and there's just different uh, there's just a bigger mix of different ethnic groups and cultures within that neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So you could say Mania's from there, I guess, or maybe live there for yeah, a while. Well and I moved. I
0: would assume I would assume, you know, statistically speaking, if she was a Polish immigrant living in New York, um, you know, chances are she was probably living in Greenpoint because it was the Polish hub uh, you know, up until sort of the eighties and nineties in New York.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, so do
0: you, do you think she was Jewish? Did they mention if she was Jewish?
1: I didn't mention, but I'd imagine because, you know, she's Helen's second cousin. So, you know, I, yeah. I'd imagine she probably would be Jewish.
0: Yeah, for Like sure. Pol-
1: Polish, Polish and, and Jewish, yeah. I, I, I think so. You know, I'd put two and two together.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to ask as well, why do you think she was so worried about the potato salad? Do you think that it was just good at, like, just up to scratch or?
1: I just think she was very, she's probably very pedantic about food, you know, like, probably, yeah. she's probably a per- perfectionist in the kitchen, you know, She everyone probably tasted the potato salad and said, oh, that tastes really nice. But she thought, no, I forgot to add this ingredient or this spice or this, this thing and, and it screwed it, you know, I didn't have it in the pantry, uh, you know, and the guests were coming over in two hours and I didn't have time to go to the shops, you know, to, to the supermarket to get it and I feel like shit. You know, it's probably that's she's true. probably just a perfectionist in the kitchen, but everyone else—no yeah, one true. complained about it. Everyone loved it. No. Well, you know that no, no one said anything. Everyone
0: was eating happily. They were too busy talking about. It ponies. sounds like it. <laughs> or listening, listening to Jerry trying to back out of his pony remark more than anything.
1: Exactly, and and she and well, apparently we to to Isaac anyway. She forgot about the remark.
0: Exactly, and that that got me wondering as well. Like, did she did she have a bad memory, or is she was she just so worked up about the potato salad that everything else? Was pushed aside in her mind because I mean that was you know she obviously loved the pony and it was very upsetting to her for Jerry to sort of criticize kids with ponies.
1: Exactly. And Elena,
0: you know, maybe maybe she maybe she has a a, a patchy memory given her age or something. I don't know.
1: Because in Krakow back in the day, everyone had a conic. <laughs> <laughs> everyone had had a Polish pony, a Polish primitive pony, primitive horse.
0: And it wasn't exactly, and it wasn't just a pony. It was the pride of Krakow.
1: The pride of Krakow. That's what, that's the name <laughs> I'm going to call it. The pride of Krakow. <laughs> That's going to Pride be its name.
0: Of, if you speak Polish, if you could send us a translation of the Pride of Krakow, that'd be awesome.
1: That'd be awesome, yeah. We'd love that. If you're from <laughs> Poland and you're listening, you say, hey, hey g'day, and uh, I hope we get some more Polish listeners. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, and if, uh, if you live in Poland, a pony is a big part of your culture. Does everyone have a pony? Does everyone have a
1: pony? Yes, I'm curious too. Yeah, yeah. Even if you live in Greenpoint and you're, you know, you're of Polish heritage, do you have a pony, you know, hanging around the streets?
0: I don't think they'd have any in Greenpoint. But did your relatives, you know, your cousin, your sister, they all have ponies? Yeah. And did they love them? Did they love them so?
1: I'd love to know. I'd love to know too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all I really had about Manya. Definitely a really cool secondary character. I really liked her. Yes. Um, one of my favorite lines ever is her: "I had a pony. I,
1: I had a pony. The, yeah.
0: I love the comedic timing of it. Just that." that slight gap between uh between elaine and jerry's comments about kids with ponies yeah and then you know one second i had a
1: pony and it's just the (laughs) fact that it's so unexpected you know like if someone you know jerry just says tongue in cheek i hate anyone who had a pony and then she just turns around and said i had one it's like what huh you know who who, who, who comes from a country full of ponies to a non-pony country
0: it just doesn't (laughs) make sense as if that's the reason they emigrated yeah Yeah.
1: i know right the pony you you know when you see the when you see the immigrants coming from the when you see the immigrants coming from the boat you don't see them sitting on ponies (laughs) (laughs) am i am i wrong
0: yeah i mean i on some level i agree with what jerry is saying in that you know he he didn't see any immigrants with ponies and you know i get why you would hate kids with ponies growing up you know because they'd know i guess the the cliche is that they may be like rich kids yeah snobby or something or spoiled if they're not rich
1: yeah but Um, it sounds like everyone had one over there it was just yeah part and parcel it's like having a having a smartphone
0: well it's like jerry says it was like having a compact car a compact car exactly I've had enough. That's it.
1: That's it. (laughs) It's so good. I I love Manya. That's all I had about her.
0: Did you have anything
1: else? No, that was it. But the question will be, straight after this break, we give our top ten secondary characters and we tell you where the pony remark sits in our favourite Seinfeld episodes reviewed so far. Will Manya make our top ten or will she just fall short? You'll find out in a second.
0: I'm completely changing the configuration of the
1: apartment. You're not going to believe it when you see it. Whole new lifestyle. What are you doing? Levels. <laughs> levels. Yeah, I'm getting rid of all my furniture. All of it. And I'm going to build these different levels. You know, with steps. And it'll all be carpeted a lot of pillows. You know, like ancient Egypt. You? You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character for the 21st time, or well, the 22nd time, I should say. It's a 22nd episode overall, our fourth one for season two. And you're with Ivan and Stephen. And uh, Stephen, you have had a couple of Seinfeldisms this week.
0: Yeah, that's right. So um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm in Germany uh, at the moment. And uh, as you would know, that this episode is about uh, a remark. That Jerry makes about a pony to a Polish lady Who is quite upset about that remark Yes uh, Well, not eventually, but passes away quite quickly Did you offend Um,
1: someone with a pony this week? uh,
0: Kind of So (laughs) I'm in Germany And I've been visiting some family And one of the family members I visited And stayed with actually a couple of nights ago Is Polish There you go Yep And uh, the same day when I was driving to her house uh, I saw some ponies on the way (laughs) No shit yeah, so I'm staying. I'm staying in the town, and we drove out to a smaller town where she lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, I saw some ponies in a farm between uh, between towns. And you didn't ask so, her about the ponies. No, I. If didn't. she had one no. as a child, no. No, I didn't. No, no. you got to ask her again. Yeah, I didn't think to. I probably should. I might <laughs> see her again before I head home. Nice. Um, but I just thought it was a weird, you know, and fun coincidence that uh, this week we're doing a uh, an episode about a Polish woman and a pony remark. Yeah. And um. <laughs> Yeah, I happened to uh, stay with a relative who is Polish by birth. Yes. And um, yeah, saw some ponies on the same day. <laughs> there, yeah.
1: Coincidence. And what was your second one?
0: Uh, so I found a new podcast, actually. It's called Black Seinfeld. Um, I was just looking for other Seinfeld podcasts to listen to. Um, you know, we, we listen to other podcasts just to help out with yeah. uh, with our, you know, putting together of this one. Of course. And um, I found called Black Seinfeld. Okay. And initially, I thought maybe it was... Um, I didn't really know what it was. Um, so I downloaded a couple of episodes and had a listen to it. It seems to be defunct now. They haven't released a new episode in quite a while. Okay. It's just two or three uh, like young African-American men uh, somewhere in America talking about just anything and nothing. Um, oh, sort of just right. Like so it's not like Seinfeld
1: reviews. Enough. No, no,
0: nothing to do with Seinfeld. Every episode they talk about something completely different. So, one episode was about Damn, Kendrick Lamar's album. Yeah. Um, Another episode was about, uh, I think, something to do with uh, like a a racial issue or something. Okay. So, it seems to be about sort of African American culture or at least, you know, America through African American eyes or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I think it's just called Black Seinfeld because they just talk about anything and nothing at the same time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Cool little podcast. So if uh, if you want something interesting to listen to, I yeah. recommend it. Hey guys, um, if you then, if
1: you're if you're on Black Seinfeld and you're listening to us, just be sure to subscribe. Yeah, if you haven't already.
0: Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Shout out, shout um, out. And yeah. yeah, and then my two Seinfeldisms
1: this week. Do you yeah. have any? No, 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 none for this week. I haven't had some for a while. So uh, see, yeah. maybe in a few weeks, okay.
0: we'll see. For sure, for and, sure we should probably do our top
1: 10 list. I think so. Let's start with our top 10 secondary characters. So mine's unchanged from last week. So uh, I'll, I'll just run yeah. through them quickly. Uh, number 10, Helena from The Trip, parts one and two. Sid Fields from The Old Man. Uh, Bob and Ray, a.k.a. Cedric from The Soup Nazi. Uh, number seven's Lloyd Braun. Number six is Mary Cantardi from last week's episode, The Baby Shower. Uh, number five is Bookman from The Library. Number four is Newman. Number three, Susan. Number two The Soup Nazi. Number one, Frank Costanza.
0: I won't bother uh, mentioning who my top 10 characters are. My number one is uh, Elton Bennis. Yes. It's unchanged from life anyway. So if you want to know, just go back to last week's episode and uh, and have a listen.
1: Thanks, Stephen. And uh, also, we what we do is when we have an episode that we've talked about, well, the characters, I mean, we fit them into our list. So... You know, we, we usually give our top 10 episodes that we've reviewed so far. So for me, the Pony Remark, I won't go through all my top 10 because I've done it the last couple of times. But for me, Stephen, we've reviewed, uh, including this one, 18 episodes of yep. Seinfeld for Bidwa Basque. The Pony Remark sits in at number six. Okay. Number six. I think it's a fantastic episode, and I did mention before it is a a classic Seinfeld one and one of the first, if not the first classic, and I think even though the story is very simple, it's very effective, and it has all the great hallmarks of of a Seinfeld episode, and it really set the foundation for future ones and and the greatness that Seinfeld endured.
0: For sure, and it didn't only set some foundations for, I guess... The, the characters and you know how how mean they can be, but it also a couple of uh, like a couple of character things as well, like obviously Morty and, um, and Leo as well their first well classic Morty and Leo, their first appearances, and they're basically who they are for the remainder um, of the series. you know they don't really change or evolve. But it also established Kramer um, you know one of his first zany plans. Yes, in this, in this case it was levels. Yeah, something and also, really
1: simple and, and victimless
0: exactly and also yeah like something that was just you know for him for his own benefit but was still ridiculous that Jerry knew that he wasn't going to go through with it and he doesn't Yeah, Um, and also the fact that he likes to gamble or he jumps at the opportunity to gamble yeah
1: to make a bet Um, Um, and we see that in later episodes
0: exactly Um, I mean it's not really described as a problem in this episode um, except when Helen sort of says you know don't let him bet so obviously there's been a past up to this episode there's been a past
1: (laughs) Kramer got royally screwed financially
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely, definitely a classic episode. Um, and for me, it fell at number three of the episodes we've
1: reviewed so far. Number three, so, nice.
0: Number three, yeah. So number one is, oh, sorry, number two is
1: the baby shower from last week. <laughs> that you mentioned that's yes. right. Thank you. And number uh, the one, baby
0: shower, number one is the stakeout. Yes, which is the second ever
1: episode. That's right, and it's my it's my least favourite one, the stakeout. My most favourite so far is the outing. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I think I'm noticing a pattern in my own list, which is I'm loving the season one and two episodes so far. You I sure are. I guess because we've, done, we've mostly done season one and two. Yes. Um, well, we've done more season one and two episodes than other then, seasons. So far, yes. So, yeah. So, I'll, you know, that might change as time goes on. But, yeah, so far I'm loving the first yeah. couple of seasons.
1: Nice work. And next week we're actually going to go to season eight. We're actually going to talk about episode 20, The Millennium. So we're going to shoot forward a few seasons, or I should say yep. six seasons, to go to season yep. eight. The uh, zany. I call eight and nine the zany seasons because that's when they yeah, really sure. they really let fly.
0: Definitely got a bit more surreal and weird.
1: Yeah, can't wait. And if yeah, he ha- yeah, yeah. it sure does. I know you're really really insane because you know Jerry had complete control virtually of the writing, yeah. so you know he could yeah. do whatever he wants. That's it. That's it. And if you have an episode you like us to do, head on to bidwabask.com, which is our website, and leave a message. We're also on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter uh, at bidwabask. And we also have an email address, Stephen.
0: Yes, we do. bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. So yeah. if you have any feedback, if you have any episode suggestions or comments or anything, just let us know. Get in yeah. touch. That'd be awesome. And you can and find uh, us wherever
1: podcasts are. So you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, and others. Uh, Pocket Casts. Well, you know, there's quite a few of them.
0: Yeah, that's right. Basically, we're available on uh, any any app or service that, that has podcasts. Find us there. Indeed. And uh, if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be amazing.
1: That'd be fantastic. We, we love doing these episodes and we really appreciate any feedback because we're always looking to improve the show and uh, come up with with different segments and different ideas and uh, and make the show even better
0: that's it and one final thing before we sign off for another week just another mention of our seven degrees of separation campaign so we're uh wanting people to get in touch with us if uh, your name is seven or if you know someone whose name is seven or if you have any connection in any way to anyone by the name of seven and also soda yes Um, correct and we'll be keeping this for going for another month or so yep um depending on how people get in touch uh a few people have so far which is awesome but uh if we need to we might keep it we might extend it to, uh, to allow people to uh, get in touch with us.
1: Yeah, we'll give you some time, see what we can do.
0: Indeed. So, uh, yeah, that's another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast without the secondary characters of Seinfeld. And it's been a pleasure. So thanks for letting us talk to you. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for The Millennium.
0: Indeed. Catch ya.
1: Catch ya.